So this morning I had the most amazing conversation with my friend Marcus and we get into his church, his faith, what Jesus Christ means to him and how Jesus is the embodiment of God on on the earth. And yeah, it was just amazing. I was so grateful to Marcus and uh, I hope you li- enjoy listening to the podcast. It, the guy's absolutely amazing. I'm sure you'll enjoy it. Hey, Marcus, welcome to the David Watson podcast. How are you? Hi, David. Yeah, I'm doing well. Thank you for inviting me and for having me on the podcast. Yeah, it's a pleasure. No, the, the, the pleasure is all mine. And just to give some of the listeners uh, some background to this, Marcus and I are actually friends and have known each other for about 10 years uh, via a mutual friend, Hayley. And uh, was it, I think, about seven or eight years ago, we did Tough Mudder together as well, didn't we? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, I've got a I've got a picture on my wall with um, a number of uh, yeah, pictures of, uh, of those uh, of that experience and those memories. So uh, I actually I'm just going to reach up because I have my tough mother right here, oh, my headband. Up your wall, yeah, yeah, and it's right next to. Um, I have a load of pictures right so just to my left. It's actually falling off the wall now, but it's pictures uh, a collage that Haley and Raj did for me for my birthday many years ago. There's about 10 photos, all of us guys, when we did Tough Mudder. Yeah. So... I'm definitely tempted. I'm definitely tempted. But I, the answer is yes. I would do it if somebody approached me and said, can we do Tough Mudder again? My only thing is, is I'm 46 next month, and I'm aware of things that cause me injuries much more than I ever was... You know, and running just doesn't seem to be something that my calves and Achilles like. So, I'd you know, I'd really have to be careful how I approached it and trained for it. You know. Yeah. yeah. What, what about you? How are you training these days? Um, well, I try and train twice a week. Uh, with uh, obviously with the gyms uh, closed over <coughs> the lockdown period, I had to find other ways of uh, exercising and keeping fit. Um, so thankfully, I, I had I had some uh, I had some dumbbells for a number of years so I took them out of the uh, storage and, and used them I brought a pull-up bar um, so I used that as well and uh, yeah and utilize the open space I, uh, I have here um, so use the garden kind of jog up and down a number of times you know sprint doing sprints um, doing circuit training going for runs on the, uh, on the streets um, so I've been able to maintain a level of fitness but yeah so my, my I try and train twice twice a week okay because I remember you used to have all the gear. You used to have the battle ropes and everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I've got... Oh, yeah. That's, yeah, that reminds me. One of the, the ropes is actually in the tree. So I use that as a to climb up. <laughs> Perfect. <Something different>. So <laughs> one of the reasons I, I reached out and, and wanted to talk to you is just for the people who are listening, what do you actually do for a profession? So my uh, profession... If that's the right, if that, yeah, vocation would yeah. be a much better word. Thank you. Yeah, so uh, I'm, a, I'm, I'm a vicar uh, in, the, in the Church of England. So a vicar of Christ Church uh, in Felixstowe. So this is my, my first post after, after training. And, and literally I've been here pretty much a year now. So I, I was licensed um, and installed on the 23rd of July last year. So. And, and you said that was in Felixstowe? Yeah. East, east of England. I, I actually, when I was looking for uh, for uh, a vicar's post, uh, before finding 
uh, and reading the advert for uh, the church here, I've never heard of Felixstowe in my life. <laughs> no way! <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, there was never a place I visited. It, I, I didn't know anyone that lived here. Um, there was no reason for me to know about Felixstowe. Um, and yeah, so it was a completely new place. Realised it had the biggest port in the UK. Um, and actually, it's a great place to live. Because it's, it's, e- it's on the East Coast, isn't it? Yeah, so it's just above, uh, just above Chelmsford. Yeah, um, it's uh, east of uh, Ipswich. Yes, yeah. I was I was going to dive in and hazard a guess. I'm sure I was like I'm pretty sure it's near Ipswich, and I was like, don't don't say a word because you 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 were you sounded really confident, but you're not. Um, <clears throat> so obviously, with just like I I was wondering because um, obviously I I do on my own social media and stuff. I do these one minute kind of like motivational or just that talks help whatever and people get in touch with me and sort of just literally how the pandemic has affected affected them and how they've struggled and i with everything that's going on i I have literally sort of started saying to people in like private messages and stuff have you thought about just going to talk to somebody at a church you know i mean it's you know people are scared people um and it, it stems from, although I'm not myself massively religious, I was raised a Catholic. And somebody once said to me that as long as you, whatever God means to you, as long as you always have that in your heart, you'll never be alone. And actually, I, I found that served me well for pretty much 90% of my life. You know, when I feel that something's missing, I just look inside. And when I find it, I'm like, yeah, no, God's with me. I'm good, you know. So have, have you found an, an uptake or, or that your uh, congregation is needing more from you? Um, so with the uh, lockdown, so we obviously weren't allowed to uh, uh, conduct uh, public worship services. Uh, so we, we obviously had to shut down for a uh, number of weeks. And so we, we went um, online. So our Sunday services are still online at the moment. Um, and, um, and, and during that period, uh, we saw a big uptake of, of use uh, on, on the Sunday and, 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 and during the week as well. Um, so in terms of, well, this actually, again, revealed to me, because I'm still getting to know my congregation, I'm still yeah. getting to know the people, I'm still getting to know the area. Uh, so it, it, the church, uh, the church family, um, I was just amazed and in, in, in awe how they stepped up. Wow, so, yeah. So they... Every, uh, so I, I, I kind of rang around, uh, or, yeah, uh, still, I was still in the process of ringing around the, uh, the church family, and just kind of finding out how they're doing, you know, how they've been coping. Um, and every single one of them I've, I've, I've talked to have, se- have said how uh, either they've made contact with others, or others in the church made contact with them to kind of check up on each other. Yeah. So they've, they've all been looking out for each other, but also as well, they've been looking out for their neighbours. So a lot of them have got to know their neighbours better because um, they've reached out to them or the neighbours have reached out to them uh, to find out how they're doing if they needed help. So it's kind of brought out the, uh, uh, the, the kind of good. So in a difficult period, of, you know, in a difficult phase that we've all gone through uh, as a nation and, and in the world, it's, it's brought out some of the good um, in, 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 in humanity. And for me, as a, as a minister, to see, uh, you know, to see my church family, um, who, who would, I would hope would reflect and imitate Christ, yeah. Who, who, who was always looking outside of himself to serve the need, uh, the needs of others, and to look out for other people's interests. And you know, to see that happening within the church family, 
um, was was very encouraging. Uh, so the question to your answer is: Did they was it, did they seek more? Just you know, um, in in many ways, you, you've you've kind of answered it because the the people that you've been in touch with, they've actually been, I suppose, in in a, in, a, in a sense, have literally been doing what you know, you know as the vicar of your church family. You know, you, you speak to these people and you reach out to them, and they're like, oh yeah, no, I, I've been in touch with with this person, I've been in touch with that person, and I, I've extended the, that kind of, um, that, that love, that care, that thought to, you know, my neighbours, people that I, I hadn't um, been in touch with, or hadn't maybe taken it upon myself to just check in on them previously, but, so yeah, it, it was just literally trying to um, sort of gauge your experience, and it'd be great to just hear a little bit more about um, that experience of, like you say, literally from I suppose the, the teachings of Christ, how you're seeing that in your in your church family. Yeah. So, so in terms of of, of uh, faith, uh, so so the Christian faith, um, as I understand it, and as it's revealed in um, in the Bible, uh, is that Christ uh, is 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 revealed as uh, fully human, fully God. So Christ is always. So Christ, is the Son of God, God has all, always existed uh, from the beginning of time, and, 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 and it's never had a beginning, and it will never have an end. Uh, so through through Christ, we we, we see um, the invisible God made visible. So when 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 he when he came down uh, you know, from his throne in heaven down to earth uh, and took on uh, human flesh, not becoming a man, and um, so he was born. Uh, he tells the story. He was born. Uh, by uh, uh, by Mary, through Mary, born of, uh, she was a virgin, and, uh, and the Christian faith believes that um, the Holy Spirit, so God's Spirit, uh, enabled her to, con to conceive and, and give birth to the Son of God. Um, so he, his whole life, his mission was uh, to, to to come down and to save people, to to reconcile, to bring back, uh, to, uh, to, to bridge the gap or the separation that, that has existed uh, since. The, the fall of Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. Um, so if you uh, so if you go back into Genesis, you'll see that Adam and Eve were, were given a, a garden of paradise. Um, God created you know the heavens and the earth and, and and made Adam and Eve as the first human beings and, and gave them everything they needed to survive and thrive, um, apart from one tree. And, uh, and and they were deceived by by the serpent who was in the garden and, and they turned away from, from God. And so. Ever since that point, humanity has been uh, separated uh, from that relationship with God. And so what the Christian faith teaches, what the Bible teaches, is that uh, God sent his son, uh, Jesus, into the world to, to bring us back, to reconcile us, to, to, to kind of, in some way, like, a, like how uh, you know, a lover pursues his beloved. You know, yeah. he, he, he pursues them, he, he chases them, he uh, uh, look, you know, lures them in with loving words and gestures and actions uh, to draw that you know his beloved into his uh, into a relationship with him and so in some way that's what christ did he came down to earth and he showed us as well what god looks like uh, the invisible god is, is seen clearly in in the revelation of jesus christ so the only way we can understand god is, is if he became one of us um, and, and 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 so through being through by being a human being we are better able to understand and to relate to you know to a magnificent um, uh, and, and, and great and awesome God, uh, who is invisible. So through Christ, his his whole life was about service. 
we came down to uh, seek the lost, we came down to spend time with the outcast, the marginalised of, the, of, the, of society, uh, and, and to not only teach about what it meant to live as a citizen of, of, of his rule, but also he came to reconcile people by dying on the cross. And so his whole life, the overflow of his life, was one of sacrificial giving and generosity. You know, he never thought about himself, he always thought about others. He always thought, thought about other people's happiness above himself. Um, so much so that he, he died on the cross and sacrificed himself as, um, as the, uh, what the Bible calls the Lamb of God, the sacrificial Lamb of God. So his whole life was one of just generosity and giving and, and outflowing, which is a complete contrast, I think, to much of our culture, which is about me, 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 me. Um, it's definitely that. But I do think people, um, possibly people, don't understand that actually a, a lot of you know the the, the message of, of jesus um was was trying to put was it, it's just a simple thing it's like you know part of the pun but you know loving thy neighbor is, you know um not you know not, don't be the first one to cast a stone sort of thing um and and the same as you i, I think a lot of people um strangely may have benefited um, from this pandemic um, in the acts of kindness that we're seeing up and down the country and to, to, yeah, just the way that people literally uh, have, have just reached out to, to others in their community they may not have well they, they just didn't they, we, you know we're all probably I'm more guilty of that than you probably are but um, you know but as soon as the um, pandemic kicked in you know just because I'm a care worker, so I was out and about anyway. So it was a great opportunity to do sh people shopping for. You know, but you don't need to go out. I can do that. You're my neighbour. I can do that for you. Don't worry about it. So, how have you been reaching out to your community and your church family? So, uh, so part of my my job is to um, contact people. So I yeah speak to people online. Um, I speak to people on the phone. Um, local neighbours. Good chance to get to know them and see how they're doing. Um, anything, anything else that I could, you know, anything, any way that I could help, help them and support them. Um, through a part of my role as a minister, being ordained, is to is to teach and to preach from the Bible. Um, so I've been doing that on a weekly basis and Sunday mornings and, and throughout. Um, so it's, and having a, a young family as well, you know, a baby, a two-year-old toddler, takes up a lot of uh, a lot of time. <laughs> 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 but again, you know, in times like this, well, in, in, even in ordinary times, I mean, there's always, you know, in the back of my mind, there's always thoughts of I could be doing more, you know, because there's so much need, and there will always be, you know, so much need out there, um, and and it's, yeah, and it's, you know, thinking about, you know, you know, I could be doing more, I could be doing more, um, and it, and sometimes, you know, I can easily beat myself up. And, uh, and it's just it's just part of my role as well. It's like choosing priorities. You know, how do I spend my time wisely? Um, you know, because I can't help everyone. Um, I, I can't meet everyone's needs. Um, but if we do that, if we encourage others, you know, as a community, we do that as a community, um, and we do that as a nation. Um, you know, everyone's needs would be would be met uh, if we did that as a yeah collaboratively. So just you said something there that I, I found very interesting is that uh there is and it's not a word you use but there, there is a, a burden of expectation that you to try and help everybody and 
luckily I know you personally, so I know how passionate you are about helping people as an individual. So how, how do you know when to switch that on, switch it off? And how do, I know you said the word prioritize, but how do you prioritize? Because I know you're, you're very passionate about helping people. Yeah, so part of my thinking is, it comes down to the question, what is, what does it mean to help someone, and what it, what is, um, so, so as, as a Christian minister, so our, my understanding of our greatest need, so it comes down, for me, it comes down, what is people's greatest need? So we've got, we've obviously got physical needs, and we've got spiritual needs, in a, in a kind of atheistic worldview. The spiritual world, you know, won't be included in that. It's just, it's just a materialistic kind of uh, way of thinking and, and framework. But for, for me, as a Christian, Christian and a Christian minister, um, you know, the, the kind of physical needs, the spiritual needs, and, and obviously there's, there's, so, there's social needs in that as well. But our, our greatest need, um, in, in my understanding of what it means to be a Christian and what it means to be human, our greatest need is to be made right with God. And so, as a Christian minister, I've been ordained. I've been uh, I've been um, uh, you know, called and chosen uh, to, to teach the Christian message, to, 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 you know, to teach the Bible, uh, and to, to have good news to give to people. Um, and as you know, we live in a world with so much bad news, we only have to turn on the news to see how much bad news there, are, there is in the world. Uh, and, and so the Christian, uh, what, what Jesus came to proclaim is the gospel. Uh, the gospel basically means good news. Okay. Jesus himself came down to earth to proclaim good news. Now, of course, yeah, during, that, during his time on earth, he, you know, he, he met physical needs, uh, he raised the dead, he, uh, he healed the blind, uh, and, and you know, cast out demons and so forth. So there's a physical aspect to his ministry, um, but in, in, in the social aspect as well, you know, he spent time with people, you know, he spent time with prostitutes, with tax collectors who were seen as the bad guys, uh, you know, the marginalized, the poor, the, the outcasts. So there's a social need, a community, there's a community aspect as well. But part, massive part of his ministry was teaching, um, and, and through his preaching and teaching, it would act as a net to draw people in uh, into into God's love. So, so where I I, I, I my kind of my, my, my kind of thinking, my, my life is is my call is to proclaim that good news through word and deed. Um, and so, you know, whenever I meet someone, in the back of my mind, you know, in terms of what's what's best for them if they don't know the good news. I hope in that conversation, it doesn't always happen, uh, I don't go around trying to force it down people's throats, but if it naturally happens, my, you know, my hope is to make them share some of that good news of Jesus. Um, and if there is any way I could physically help them or, or socially help them, then that would be part of, um, part of my thinking as well. So again, it depends on the person, depends where I am, depends on uh, the kind of demands and of, church ministry um, so there's so yeah so that, 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 that's, that so so to simplify there's a, a spiritual side that I um, seek to meet um, and, and a physical side uh, and the social side that's good wait is it, sorry I just I just so tuned listening to you I just did I'll, I'll just sit here so how, how did this like I said because when I when I first met you, um, you you hadn't yet been ordained and and unfortunately, you did invite me to to the uh, these uh, the service, and I wasn't able to make it. Um, so, wh when did this all start for you? When when did you literally start either becoming aware of the calling, feeling the calling, however it works? Yeah, 
that, that trained others up in a Christian faith. Um, that's what I wanted to do. But I, but I, my biggest fear, my biggest stumbling block was the fear of public speaking. <laughs> uh, I was terrified. Okay. Uh, a holy restlessness, as it were. So there's a, there was this internal restlessness of um, uh, within me, but also there was an external um, confirmation, a validation from others. So other people said, you know, Marcus, have you ever thought about going into full-time church ministry? Um, and that was just validating what I was sensing within me. So so God called me within me. So God planted within me a holy restlessness, but He also help me discern and validate that, that restlessness and that, uh, or to articulate that fully to other people. So one way the church discerns or is able to um, decide or to identify potential ministers is through the church family. So the church, uh, so other, other Christians are, u- uh, are, are used to, uh, to help identify uh, potential ministers. So it's an external thing and an internal thing. Um, so that, that really kind of, that, that uh, inner kind of holiness intent for that call started to grow really strong when I was in Salisbury actually. Um, so when I moved to Salisbury in 2010, um, uh, I started uh, my work splits, I worked there for three years, and, and that and that call just basically started to get stronger and stronger and stronger. And as I grew in my knowledge of God, um, I began 
freed more and more so from ultimate fears and that liberated me for them to kind of go forward to my vicar and say hey vicar i've got this uh this kind of sense and calling that i want to be like you um, yeah. take the right direction you know send me in the right direction and so he did and uh and yeah and uh, and who was that went through the process here i am so it was um saint paul's hammersmith saint paul salisbury and the vicar's name was andrew oh, i forgot his second name uh, yeah uh, it was it was andrew so not the vicar at the time uh, at, at, the, at the present time but the, the previous vicar shout out to him so yeah he yeah, yeah, put me in the right path. So, w- w- when that starts, w- what is the the process? Because I mean, you used the word earlier; uh, it's your job, but it, it's kind of so. You, you approached your your vicar, um, Andrew, and you said to him, "Hey, I want to be like you." So, how does it follow on from that? So, he, yeah, so he uh, uh, then got me in contact with the. Um, uh, the, the appropriate person in the diocese. So uh, all over the all over England, uh, all over the UK, there's um, uh, there's there's areas called dioceses, uh, which is overseen by a, a bishop or, or or a couple of assistant bishops. And um, <clears throat> and so within that diocese, there is people uh, specifically um, trained and and, 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 and and employed for uh, the for encouraging vocations, so for, for encouraging, uh, for selecting, for uh, interviewing, for um, uh, helping and journeying with people through the process of discernment. So kind of working out, you know, uh, the sense of call they have, the articulate the call they have. So, yes, yeah, so my vicar at the time just, yeah, got me in contact with the person and, 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 and they then, to help me continue uh, uh, Thinking through, uh, praying through, uh, discussing, and what got me in touch with a, um, a local curate. So a curate is a trainee vicar. So this, this person went through the discernment process, was uh, identified, and accepted, and trained for ministry. And so now they were they, they've gone through theological college, and now they're working under a vicar, under a premise. And so the vicar, so that so part of the process was meeting up with this curate of three or few months. Kind of, you know, find out from, from him what it was like, you know, how he just how he kind of worked out his calling, um, you know, what 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 the challenges that he faced, um, what the dreams that he faced, um, you know, what the ministry looked like, um, looks like. Um, so that that was part of the process. Um, another part of the process was meeting up with uh, what's called um, what the phrase. Director of all the hands, I think it, I think they're called. Um, that 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 is responsible for putting forward candidates uh, for selection. Uh, and so I, yeah, so I met up with this person on a regular basis as well to continue kind of discussing, and, and uh, he can you know gives me loads of forms to fill in as well, and <laughs> gotta, gotta write, write them up. And, yeah. <laughs> Everyone's got paperwork. Always takes a lot of admin work. Very. Um, very detailed, very very personal. Um, so they dig, dig, you know, they, they dig deep into a into into a person's life, um, and it's it's the right thing to do because it's a you know it's a huge huge decision. It's a huge ministry with lots of responsibility. Um, 
Yeah, so once, so, so I think that took about, I think that, so after, after going through that process, uh, I was then put forward for a, a Baptist and Bishop's Advisory Panel. Um, so they gave me a date for that uh, and continued to help me prepare for that. Um, and I think I, so I, I did that in 2000 and, when was that? Uh, cool. Went, I, went, I know I went to Philosophy, I went to philosophy College in 2013, uh, September 2013. So I think I did that Bishop's Advisory Panel the beginning of 2013. So it was one of the last ones actually before the, um, the summer term. Um, yeah, so that process of discernment probably took about almost a year. Yeah. I think I went to meet my vicar in 2012. Um, but I know other people have, you know, have, have, that process has actually been longer. So some people have taken a couple of years to go through that process of discernment. And, um, and uh, yeah. Yeah, so that, that's, yeah, so from that point onwards, went through the Bishop's Advisor Panel, which is a three-day interview process, uh, and there's a group of interviewers, uh, and uh, over the three days, you're interviewed, um, you, you have three interviews with, uh, uh, with a single interviewer, uh, three different interviewers. There's a group presentation uh, that, you, uh, that you give, and then a group discussion that, it, that you facilitate as well. Uh, and then they write up a, re a report, send that to the bishop, and then the bishop reads it, um, and then the bishop gets the final decision, and uh, and says yes or no, or uh, you know, you go, you know, do this training or, or uh, continue this process of discernment. So, yes, yeah, so obviously my bishop said, yeah, the report said yeah, is uh, we re recommend uh, recommend him for training, and the bishop. Agreed with that recommendation, and, uh, and I went off to Bill <coughs> College in Durham, nice. September 2013. So, uh, yeah. and, and from Durham, you went to where? So after you done, so in Theological College, um, I take it you you go into what the, the the learning more of the Bible and its context, or yeah. So Theological College, so for me it was two years, uh, so. If you're over 30, was it over 32 or one of those two, you do two years uh, uh, training, theological training. Um, for those under that, it's three years, unless I've done a theological, theological, theological degree already. Yeah. Uh, they would do two years or do a master's. Uh, so I did two years. So that would be, be a mixture of things. So it, it, yeah, it would involve heavily with the Bible, uh, with theology, with doctrine, with systematic uh, theology, with biblical theology, with preaching, with mission, <coughs> uh, with church law. Uh, and ceremonies. Um, uh, so it will cover a huge range of, of, of different uh, different aspects of uh, church ministry. And so some of it was obviously psychology as well, and, uh, taking care of oneself and Learning how to you know, manage one times uh, one t uh, times wisely. Um, so that was yeah, that was two years of uh, training, and then after that, so during that, so during the last year, uh, the uh, the process then shifts towards what happens next, and um, so that that be thinking about curacy, and uh, so training under a vicar in a, in, a, in a parish. So my my so the sending diocese was uh, Salisbury diocese, and so uh, they offered me a post. So I went to visit the post, you know, spent time with the vicar, 
then I could decide whether to accept or turn it down and look for another post. And I decided <coughs> to accept it. And so I trained uh, four years in, uh, in, um, in a parish called Creekmore, which is in Poole, so Dorset. So still in Salisbury Diocese. And I was there for yeah, four years, uh, training under a vicar and uh, not having a responsibility of a church, but being able to be under a vicar to see what it looks like to be a vicar in that, in that particular context. <clears throat> I've got to, yeah, got to do weddings, got to do funerals, uh, got to lead services, uh, to preach on Sunday mornings, um, and do all sorts of other ministries and, uh, and, and, uh, and community aspects of, uh, of church life. So uh, yeah, so that was, yeah, so that four years flew by and, and here I am in, in Felixstowe. So how is it now that you are, do you know, I, I'll run with it because I nearly said, so now that you're the governor of your own church, because <laughs> obviously that's a wider responsibility, um, not just personally, but with your, um, how, how you want to represent Christ in your work and in your life. Yeah, yeah it, was a, it was a huge, it was a massive shift from being a, an apprentice, so a, a curate as we, as we refer to training vicars, into being a, a vicar. It's massive. The yeah. weight of responsibility is, is huge. Like being a curate was 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 quite easy, really. <laughs> <laughs> not, not in terms of workload necessarily, but in terms of the weight of responsibility. Um, there's there's a shift uh, of, of of burden. Um, yeah. So obviously, as a curate, you know, I could just hand things over to the, you know, anything you know, anything that anything responsible for the vicar would, would go to the vicar. Um, but now I'm the vicar, so I'm responsible for, yeah, for everything. The church and everything, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was massive. It always reminds me in some way that the last time I felt, I don't know if it's a, it's a, it's a good kind of parallel, but the, the, the difference between GCSEs and A-levels for me, I didn't consider myself as a real academic. So yeah. I, I kind of struggled at school. The difference between A-levels and GCSEs were massive. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I, which, which, you know, which, which my, my grades bear des- testimony to that. I just struggled big time. Um, and and uh, <laughs> the gap between training as a vicar under, under a vicar to being a vicar, yeah, it, it's massive. Um, so, but by God's grace, you know, I, I, even before uh, deciding to be a vicar, I knew I couldn't do this job without God's grace. Yeah. So when, I, when, I, when I refer to God's grace, I mean, God's uh, strength, God's power, and what God gives to, to enable me to be able to do, well, to live as a Christian, you know, and to, to be a minister. Um, so I couldn't do this without without his presence. I couldn't do this without his power. I couldn't do this without his wisdom. In fact, because it's his church, it's not this, uh, the, the church isn't my church, the, the, the body of Christ is, is his. Um, he, he's the one that, you know, governs it. He's the one that leads it and rules it, builds it and grows it. I'm like I'm like a co-worker. Yeah. Uh, so that that kind of helps to, sh- to shift away the uh, um, uh, the kind of burden. And I, I know that it's you know I'm not I'm not people's savior. I know that the church doesn't depend on me. Um, it depends on Christ. And so my my role as a minister is to point people to Christ. It's to help them depend on on on, on Him um, and, and, and not on myself. Um, and, and it's to help them remain faithful to him and it's to help direct the church to remain faithful to him. So that's, that's kind of my role. Um, 
So that, that kind of shifts the, uh, the burden um, uh, slightly. And then I've always got to remember that, because I, I, I'm a very forgetful person, so I can, <laughs> I, can, I can place expectations on myself that are unhealthy. Yeah. Um, and that can, you know, and that's like carrying a weight of, of rocks on my shoulders that kind of weighs me down. Um, so I've got, to remember, I've got to remind myself of that and, um, and continually kind of shift that over to, to God. Uh, and I do that through, yeah, spending time with him in prayer, uh, spending time reading his word that is uh, is given is given us, um, and 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 spend time with the, the church family who uh, who helpfully remind me now and again. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, <laughs> but I've got I've got a good team. So even though I'm responsible for the church, I'm not responsible alone. Um, I, I work with others. I work with my leadership team. I work with the church council. Uh, you know, we make decisions together. Uh, you know, I'm not in this. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not doing this by myself. I'm, I'm doing it with others. And uh, and thankfully, I've got I've got a great team with me that are working. Yeah, uh, working in partnership with me. And it's been a real. It's been a real joy, actually. I mean, even though it's been there's challenges, it's also been um, a real pleasure being able to work with them and to be here and to do what I've been doing and to see. Yeah, to see God working in the ways that He's been working in my very short time. So you you were also talking. Um, you literally you just said about um, one of the ways you um, keep check of yourself is to uh, is through the process of prayer with God. Just talk through what that would, because I'm guessing some days that experience is different to other days, and some days it might be silent. Some days you might hear something. It's just if you're able to just talk us through what that process might mean to you from how it starts and how you come out of it. Yeah, <clears throat> well, so I refer to, you know, uh, I refer to my relationship with God as, as a relationship. And, uh, and, and and God uses the uh, the metaphor, he uses the analogy of marriage uh, to picture his relationship with his people. And so he refers to uh, his, his church as the bride and he is the, the husband or the uh, 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 the groom, uh, and so, and so, when it comes to thinking of God, uh, of a relationship with God in, in that way, it makes much more sense to us as as people who understand, who get marriage. Uh, uh, you know, we either know married people or or, 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 or you know, people marry themselves, um, and so, like with any healthy marriage, with any healthy relationship, you know, you've got to spend time with that person. You've got to talk to them, uh, they've got to talk to you. You've got to, you know, you've got to share yourself with that person, and they've got to share themselves with with you, uh, in, in order for you to um, to share, you know, things that are in common. In order for you to, to share each other, for you to know each other. And so, when it comes to prayer, first and foremost, prayer is basically me going to my um, me going to my father. So God's also referred to as a father, going to my father in heaven. Um, who is always present, who is always dependable, who is always there, who loves me more than I could ever imagine. And so part of prayer is just basically sharing my heart out to him, um, sharing myself with him, when he already he already knows me better than I know myself. And part of that relationship is, is, a, is, a, is a sharing um, of self to him, as he, shares, as he shares himself to me. So even when Christ died on the cross, you know, the, the greatest gift that God could give us isn't heaven, it, you know, it isn't the forgiveness of our offences, you know, it isn't the gifts that he gives us, 
that are, are the best gifts. The best gift that he gives us is himself. He died in the cross so that we could have, we could have him. Uh, so yeah, so part of that prayer life is is the, is the thinking that I, I'm coming to God to share myself with Him, um, and to and secondly, I'm coming to God humbly, recognizing that I, I I depend upon Him for everything. So every breath I take, every heartbeat that beats in my my my, my chest is because God is allowing that to happen. You know, the food I have, I'm able to you know to eat on, you know, three times a day. Is because God, you know, provides for for us, um, and so I'm coming dependently on Him and, and seeking um, His provision and, and saying to God, you know, I know I depend I depend on You for everything. Um, help me be the person You want me to be. Continue to provide the things that I need to glorify You. Uh, continue to pour out, you know, Your goodness and love. And, he, and because God is willing, because God promises to do that, um, I can trust that He does that. Um, yeah. So. Uh, and, and prayer is also praying according to his will. So, so firstly, you know, prayer is a relationship, so sharing myself with him. Uh, secondly, it's, it's dependent, it's, it's seeking, uh, coming to God humbly, dependent upon him. Uh, and thirdly, it's also <coughs> um, uh, praying his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Uh, so uh, the, the only way I know what his will is, is by <coughs> pray, praying his word. Um, so when I, when I pray his word, um, I don't necessarily, or I, I can do, repeat his words to him and say, Lord, answer these prayers. But I, I, I can use his word as a guide to help me in my prayers. So his word gives me the content to pray. Um, you know, for example, um, <clears throat> uh, for example, you know, his will for my life is, me, is for me to grow in 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 in, uh, in, in Christ likeness. Uh, so I, I can pray that, Lord. Um, you know, there's times in my life when I'm not like you. Yeah. Help me become like you. That is your will. And so I know God's going to answer that because He, because He He, he reveals that uh, to us in His Word that His desire for us, His will for us, is that we become more like Jesus, His Son, which is the perfect um, imitation of of Him. And it, and it it is what it means to be human, is to be Christ-like. And so yes, yeah, so that that be the third kind of aspect of prayer is praying according to His will. Um, and, and, and trusting and believing that he answers those prayers that are according to his will. So, yeah. So, so think of it as a, uh, yeah, as a, as a relationship, as humble dependence, and as seeking his rule, his kingdom, his will, and um, as it is in heaven, and in, in, in here, in my life, and in, in the world around me. So. At, at times like this, when people are, there are a lot of people just feeling just isolated, alone. Um, and none of us are immune to that. Um, <clears throat> so how, how does your faith help you stay above that? And, and then maybe at times when you might dip into that um, self-doubt and such, how does um, God bring you back? Yeah, no, that's a good question. Yeah, Christians are not immune to, uh, uh, to distress, to, to experiencing trouble, to experiencing... <clears throat> uh, you know, depression and, and, and basically feeling lousy. Um, so how, how does my faith, so again, it comes back to the object of my faith. Um, so you know, my faith is, is, is based on, the, on a person. <clears throat> so actually, this coming Sunday, my, uh, the, the, the passage that I'm going to be uh, teaching on <clears throat> is Psalm 46. 
which is totally relevant to, 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 you know, to where we are in, in the world, um, but, but, but relevant anytime because you know, any one of our worlds can fall apart. You know? yeah. The world itself, literally the, the whole world, in, in some ways falling apart because of coronavirus. You know, economies have been devastated, people's mental health is deteriorating, <clears throat> but also our, our worlds on a personal level can, can deteriorate you know, overnight. Not, you know, not necessarily due to the coronavirus, but you know our own mistakes, you know other people's uh, offences against us, and, and, and kind of decisions against us. And, and, and I'm going to be speaking on this psalm, and so I'll read out some of it. Yeah, please. It's psalm 46, and it says, "God is our refuge and strength, a helper who is always found in times of trouble. Therefore, we will not be afraid, though the earth trembles and the mountains topple." into the depths of the seas, though its water roars and foams, and the mountains quake with turmoil. <clears throat> so, knowing, so growing in my faith, so I used to be a, a kind of full-time worrier before I became a Christian. <laughs> I used to worry constantly, and that, and that used to affect my asthma. So I, I've got asthma, and uh, every time I got anxious or worried, uh, my, I would get tight, I don't know, my, my chest would get tight, you know, my asthma would be activated. So my my spiritual state, my, my mental state, affected my physical state. And, and, it, and it just shows us how powerful our, our mind is, how powerful the spiritual realm is in terms of, of affecting us physically. But, uh, but as I became a Christian, I realized that actually um, that worry does no good at all. Um, and, uh, worried about what could happen, worried about the outcomes of my, my decisions um, is totally outside of my control. I cannot control the things that are outside my outside my control, and that and I've got to the point now where it, I'm basically worry free. So I, I don't you know I don't get anxious really that that often. If I do, I recognise it and I turn to God. But in terms of how I used to worry and the, and the amount I used to worry, uh, you know, it's reduced massively. Um, and and the reason for that is because I got to know who Jesus Christ is, uh, and, and and this psalm shows us uh, it, it shows us that even uh, that even in times of trouble um, God is our refuge and strength now in, in order to explain this passage uh, obviously I think it take a lot more time to do that um, but we've got to know who God is uh, it, it tells us that he's he's our refuge it can be our refuge if we, if we turn to him that God is our refuge uh, and strength not money uh, not you know the global economy uh, not my wife um, you know, not my physical health, um, you know, not entertainment, uh, not drink or drugs and rock and roll, but God is my refuge. And because God is my refuge, he, uh, because God is who he is, he's always dependable, he's always present, uh, he's all-powerful, uh, he, uh, he always keeps his word, you know, I can, he's my refuge, I can turn to him, he's, he's my strength. And there's no other refuge that gives the strength that he gives. All other strengths in comparison to God's strength is weakness. And so the psalmist then says, uh, you know, that he is a helper who is always found in times of trouble. So he's always present. He's always there. He never takes a break. He's never tired. He's never sleeping. He's always present. And then so therefore, so the consequence of this, the psalmist then, then says, therefore we will not be afraid though the earth trembles and the mountains topple into the depths of the seas, though its waters roar, roars and foams. This makes me think of, uh, you know, kind of like a, 
a world-ending um, movie. I think 2012. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 2012. Yeah. Where the, 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 kind of, yeah, the Earth is in absolute collapse, and there's you know, a very small place where people can be saved. <coughs> and, 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 and the psalmist is saying, if God is your refuge, and God is my refuge, uh, therefore we will not be afraid. We won't have to fear. Even if the world crumbles and trembles and the mountains topple, now, this is like the, you know, the massive devastation on an epic global scale. And the psalmist says, and the psalmist says I will not be afraid. Yeah. And so for me as a Christian, knowing who God is, so the object of my faith, knowing who he is, all my problems, all my troubles are tiny compared to the, compared to the, the greatness and the power of God. And so I can say, I do not have to be afraid. The world around me may collapse. My life could collapse. I could lose my, my, my position. I could lose everything, my possessions. But yet, I don't have to be afraid. And so my, my foundation, my rock, is, is God. And so I've, I've, yeah, I, I need to turn to him always um, in times of trouble. And so that protects me from fear, and from unhealthy, inappropriate fears that can be devastating. It could be um, you know, uh, unhealthy to the body, to the mind. Yeah, and, and, and Yeah, no, because I mean, I mean that absolutely brilliant. Because, like I said, that there are people like now who are worrying so much. Like you say, people are losing their jobs. People don't know if their jobs are safe. the The economy is collapsing. Um, the media is doing the most incredible job of making sure everybody stays scared. And yeah. you know, <laughs> they, you know. Um, so, so say somebody is at home um, with and you and I are fortunate or blessed enough that they're listening to this but they're not a Christian they, they don't have a church um, what, what would you how would you reach out what would you try and say to them to help them well my, my encouragement would be to to explore uh, to explore the person of Jesus Christ um, explore his claims explore his promises um, uh, uh, the Christian faith is, is based on factual evidence. It isn't uh, um, faith that is based on, on nothing. It's based on eyewitness accounts of, of Jesus Christ and his life, his resurrection, uh, you know, his death. So my encouragement to you would be to explore who Jesus Christ is, uh, to you know, pick up the Bible, uh, read it for yourself, start from you know, John's Gospel would be a good place to start, which is in the New Testament. Um, uh, secondly, you can get involved find out a local church that does a Christian a Christianity Explored course. So some churches offer courses uh, you know, to introduce people to the Christian faith uh, done over um, you know, a, a kind of maybe a video format or uh, someone uh, uh, gives a message and there's an opportunity to discuss and ask questions in a, in a safe and, and non-judgmental um, environment. So my, my church recently did uh, an, an Apple course online. So we had, we had a couple of people from Salisbury do it. We had oh, nice. my, my brother-in-law in Spain do it. And, and, uh, and, and yeah, so they, uh, that kind of took them through 
Uh, but just the kind of introduction and the basics of the Christian faith. So that's one way of exploring further. Another one is to, you know, if you're struggling to know if God exists, if you want to know that God exists, um, pray, seek him out, you know, ask him, Lord, if you're real, uh, uh, you know, show me that you're real. Help me to know that you're real. Uh, and, and if someone's heart is genuine and that sincerely wants to know if God is real and wants to live for God, you know, God will honor that and God wants to show himself to people and, and God will show themselves to you. Um, so that would be my encouragement is to, uh, yeah, find out who Jesus Christ is, read the Bible, um, find a church that does an introduction course in the Christian faith and, and pray, you know, speak to God. You don't, you don't need to go to a priest to speak to God, you can go directly to him. And because because of what Jesus Christ has done. Um, so that would be my encouragement, is to turn to him. Uh, the word repentance, uh, if, you, if you've grown up in church, you might have heard the word, word repentance. Once or twice. That basically means to, what's that, once or twice? <laughs> that, that, that basically means to have a change of mind uh, and, a, and a change of direction. Um, you know, so there was a point in my life when I repented, and I continue to repent. It's because I, I recognized that I was on the wrong path, uh, you know, going down the motorway in the wrong direction. The destination I wanted to get to was in the other other way, but I recognized I was going in the wrong direction, and so I did a 180 degree turn in the opposite direction. So that's what repentance is. It's, it's recognizing, uh, it's turning. You know, so instead of you know running away from God or walking away from God, to turn turn towards Him. And uh, yeah, and, and and God offers Himself, you know, to people and to you. So that would be my encouragement. Okay, cool. Explore, explore, investigate, question, go for it. Perfect. So we're going to, because this has been an hour. We've done an hour already. Right. So, yeah, no, and I've, I've really enjoyed it. So, but before, if I may, before we go, I'm going to have ask you two questions. Um, one, what is your favorite passage, favorite prayer? Um, just what you know favorite psalm whatever it is uh, what's your favorite and could you explain it to people and why yeah sure so the the, the, the passage that has had the kind of really the biggest impact really on me um and again has helped to free me from ultimate fears and to free me from worry is a passage found in in romans uh, chapter 8 verse 28 uh, and it states uh, we know that all things work together for the good of those who love God, who are called according to His purpose. So all things work together for the good of those who love God, who are called according to His purpose. And so what that basically means is that uh, it, one, it, it reveals uh, the nature and character of God. It reveals the attribute of God, that, uh, that He's sovereign. So in order to make that promise, in order, in order to say that everything so all the good and all the bad that happens in a Christian's life, in, the, in my life, everything that happens, God makes it work together for good. Somehow, he, he, he makes it work for good. I don't know necessarily how he does that, but looking back into my life, I can see you know, some of the bad stuff that I've experienced. You know, it didn't feel very good at the time. It didn't feel you know, very, very right at the time. But looking back, I can see how God has used that. And has, has, has made it work out for my good. Uh, and so, for me, knowing that God is sovereign in the sense that He's in control of every little detail of my life, I no longer have to fear, you know, outcomes of my decisions. 
I no longer have to fear what other people could do. I no longer have to, longer have to fear what happens to the world. Uh, so that's, that's freed me, that's liberated me from ultimate fears in order to allow me to then uh, you know, go through the training process of being a minister and allow me to be here uh, and allow me to make some of the decisions that I've made that I would never have made um, if, when I wasn't a Christian. Um, so that's something I, I, I give thanks to God for. Um, and and, I, and I, I ask God to help me see. So sometimes I don't see uh, the good, uh, the, the things that are working out for good in tough times. Uh, it's e- it would be easy for me to grumble and complain, <laughs> and, you know, question, why is this happening to me, Lord? It's so hard. Um, but it's reminds me that God is, is present with me in the difficulty, but also in the good times of life as well. So all the joys, all the, all the good and all the bad, um, this, this, this promise God has this. And what could you just could you just repeat that passage again and where people can find it? Yeah, it's Romans 8, so chapter 8, verse 28. Uh, so uh, we know that all things work together for the good of those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. That's nice, I like that. I like that. And <clears throat> lastly, if people would like to listen to you and follow you online, how how can they watch you on Sunday or any other day of the week? You know, obviously yeah, I'll. So, a... so I was going to say I'll get the links off you as well to put them on. But for people who are listening, how how do they do that? Yeah, if you want to, uh, if you just Google uh, Christchurch uh, Phoenix, though, uh, you'll see our our Facebook page, uh, which you can follow us on on on, on there. And if you want to listen in on Sunday morning, we're on YouTube. Again, you can just Google Christchurch Felixstowe on YouTube, and that will come up. So we're live streaming from 10.30 a.m. in the last about an hour. So we'll have a, yeah, a mixture of uh, worship songs. Uh, we'll, we'll have a, a time of prayer uh, and, a, and a Bible passage and the, uh, and the teaching from that passage. Excellent. Yeah, so Facebook and, and YouTube is the uh, main places. Okay. I will make sure uh, we put those links and um, I will ask you to hold on just after we say goodbye just so I can you know, have a quick chat. But yeah, thank you very much for joining me. It's been an absolute pleasure. I have really enjoyed this. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, David, for having me. And, uh, thank you. Thank and you I'll, so much. And I'll put this up soon. So take care.